Suffering is, of course, a universal human experience. Everybody realizes that we suffer and people try to come to grips with how we get through suffering. I'd like to give three different quotes from authors in various fields and backgrounds that ultimately illustrate this, the universality of suffering. So first from George Orwell, perhaps a more pessimistic quote. Most people, he says, get a fair amount of fun out of their lives, but on balance, life is suffering, and only the very young or the very foolish imagine otherwise. So George Orwell. Even St. Augustine also recognizes the universality of suffering. He wrote, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. Suffering is universal, St. Augustine says. And finally, for a bit of a, a lighter quote from John Green, who's famous for being the author of many young adult fiction books, John Green wrote, Suffering is universal. It's the one thing Buddhists, Christians, and Muslims are all worried about. So suffering really is a universal human experience. And in today's gospel, really, Jesus grapples with this question, with this paradox of suffering. Because suffering is such a universal human experience, as John Green mentioned, all religions really try to come to terms with it, what it means, all philosophies as well. So just a few examples that we could consider. For example, I think some of us, or we probably are, are familiar with Stoicism, this idea ultimately that whether you're going through pain or whether you're going through happiness, you should try to moderate your emotions. In other words, when you suffer, kind of keep a stiff upper lip, kind of suck it up. So Stoicism realized suffering was necessary, but just said you should kind of grit and bear it and work your way through. Hedonism, on the other hand, was a philosophy at a similar time. And hedonism said, look, suffering is an absolute evil. Pleasure is an absolute good. You must do all you can in your life to seek after pleasure and to avoid suffering. In the Old Testament, of course, as well, we see that so many texts try to grapple with this mystery of suffering. In some texts in the Old Testament, suffering, sickness is depicted sometimes as a consequence or a punishment for sin. Other texts in the Old Testament reject this idea, most famously, for example, the book of Job, where we see that Job is a good and upright person, and yet he too must suffer. And in the book of Job, we see that suffering is a trial that he must pass through. But ultimately, the answer to why Job suffers is still elusive. All religions, really all philosophies, try to come to terms with suffering and how we can best approach it as human beings. In today's gospel, as I mentioned, Jesus really confronts this question of suffering head on. And he ultimately teaches us that suffering, though it cannot be avoided, can be transformed if we ultimately connect suffering with love. And this really is the key. You can think of it like a cross. Jesus talks about the cross today, and a cross ultimately has two beams, a vertical and a horizontal. There is suffering in the cross, but there also must be love. And when this happens, the suffering is transformed. So Jesus in today's gospel continues his interaction with Peter. And we remember from last week that Peter has kind of ended on a high, right? So Peter has correctly identified Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus praises Peter. 
He calls him the rock on which he will build his church. And then boom, look what happens today. Jesus starts telling his followers that he must suffer. Jesus isn't seeking out the suffering, but he knows that his mission of love, forgiveness, of justice is going to incur the wrath of certain people. And for this reason, he knows the suffering is coming. And Peter isn't having anything of it. He doesn't want Jesus to suffer. And Jesus now, just right after calling Peter the rock, responds to Peter with some very, very strong language. He says, get behind me, Satan. So he calls Peter or associates him with Satan, ultimately someone who is against the plans of God. Some very serious language here. And Jesus ultimately says that he must suffer and that all his disciples must suffer. But Jesus ultimately is approaching suffering differently. Jesus, we see, gives his life. He suffers out of love. Jesus recognizes that he must suffer, but he wants to combine this suffering with love, to offer it for people that he loves, that he cares about, even people who have harmed him. And ultimately, we know from the resurrection that when Christ combines the cross with love, suffering with love, it leads to new life. Jesus then does not have us avoid suffering. We shouldn't kind of seek it out. Enough suffering will come our way. But Jesus teaches us that when suffering is combined with love, it's ultimately transformed into life. Peter, of course, will learn this lesson the hard way in his own life, at least as we get it from tradition. And I think I've talked about this story before, but in Rome on the Via Appia Antica, um, the, one of the old... Uh, roads leading outside Rome, there's a famous church called Quo Vadis. And ultimately, this church is based on uh, this later tradition in Peter's life, where Peter was already bishop of Rome, there was persecution in Rome, and Peter left the city. The story is maybe some people said, okay, look, Peter, you're our bishop, we don't want you getting harmed, please flee, come back when things are safe. So Peter is on his way outside Rome, and as the story goes, at the place where this church is, he saw Jesus walking into Rome, and Peter famously said to him, Quo vadis domine, which is, where are you going, Lord? And as the story goes, Jesus returns the response to Peter, I am going back into Rome to be crucified for my people. Where are you going? And then Peter, as the story goes, ultimately turns around, walks back into Rome, and is ultimately giving his life for the people that he served. And this, of course, in Peter's life, in Jesus's life, is a very radical response to the suffering that we all encounter. But really, each of us have different sufferings in our life that are really unavoidable, whether this suffering be an illness, a death of a family member, a difficult relationship, sufferings at work. We're, of course, having the Labor Day long weekend. We call it Labor Day for a reason. Work can be difficult at times. Or as we begin school, there's sufferings associated with school. We all have sufferings, but we need to, in order to find peace and meaning from our sufferings, to connect this suffering with love, to ultimately recognize, who am I doing these sacrifices for? Maybe it's my family when I work. Maybe it's the suffering does not make sense, but we suffer out of love because we trust God. It's an act of surrender, perhaps, when suffering is a mystery to us, just to surrender that to God, to trust that he who loves us will care for us. But ultimately, when we're able to connect our suffering with love, 
to give suffering a meaning, we experience what Jesus says in the gospel, that those who kind of lose their life for his sake and for others will ultimately find it. I'd like to just end with another quote about someone talking about suffering. And this quote comes from Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He had the following to say about suffering. He said, Suffering is not, it is not by sidestepping or fleeing from suffering that we are healed, but rather by our capacity for accepting it, maturing through it, and finding meaning through union with Christ, who suffered with infinite love. Suffering, of course, cannot be avoided. We all have different sufferings in our life. But ultimately, Jesus teaches us in the gospel that suffering can be transformed when we combine it with love, when we ultimately journey the path of Christ with Jesus. So perhaps at Mass today, we could try to recognize a cross or suffering in our life. What is a difficulty that I am passing through at this time? Let us surrender that in this Eucharist to our Lord, asking for that grace to ultimately embrace it with love for God and for other people so that Jesus can help us transform it.